And now, on with the show. Jumped right in. Yeah, I did it last night too. Fuck. Yeah, good job, Craig. Craig. On it. We're we're working, we're recording, we're ready to go. Welcome everybody. Once again, here we are. It's weekend watch. I'm one of your hosts, Spencer. I'm also here with Keith. Yo. And David. Hey, yes, that's me. And joining us two weeks in a row, it's Laura. Hi, Laura. Hi. Laura. Hi. Sorry, I think I <laughs> I said hi while other people were saying hi, so it was a high pile. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. That I don't know. Double trouble. Uh, well, we're here once again. Uh, we're going to talk about some movies. We're going to talk about some shows. Uh, we have a theme this week. We're all documentaries all the time this week. Uh, David, you have any hot takes on documentaries? I don't know. I'm just going to put, I felt like putting you on the yeah, spot. Yeah, I feel like you're Say putting me on the spot. <laughs> I do something funny. I was like trying to scan my memory of like shit. Did I make a comment that was? I was, that was trying to make hot takes. Like, what kind of hot takes? Like, is David wait, maybe he's got a hot take. me back. Uh, yeah, I was just, I was half expecting him to just be like, yeah, fuck documentaries or something. <laughs> <laughs> fuck some know. documentaries. How, uh, is that good? Is that, that very yeah spicy that take? That's the spiciest take I've heard from yeah. you. Yeah, tweet that fuck, out. Fuck a portion of some documentaries. There you go. Well yeah. done. Well, let's get into it. Let's talk about documentaries, I guess. David, why don't you uh, why don't you start us off this week? Uh, we're talking documentaries, so hit me with you uh, with a documentary. What should we watch? I want to learn something. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna start off this week with Seniors, a documentary, a a, a, a pun, if if you will. Play on words. <laughs> I feel like Spencer is gonna say something. I saw him start to react but then he shut his stupid mouth up yeah i was gonna say something about how this isn't a documentary it's actually a documentary but (laughs) oh you you failed at your picks once again oh but Uh, anyway for for not actually picking a documentary but uh, it's it's played (laughs) out we already we did the whole pun thing so this is uh some a documentary that was recommended by Mystic actually. She was somewhat insistent that we watch it, and I'm actually pretty glad that she made me sit down and watch it. It's short, and um, I am absolutely a dog person, so I cried my way through this whole thing. Not because it's particularly sad, but because these senior dogs are super cute. You just love anyway, dogs so much. I do. I really do. And these are, it's just full of, the, okay, I'm going to read this this summary. I think it's, it's pretty good. Um, a beautiful documentary on the life and challenges of dogs as they age into seniors and the wonders of what love and laughter a senior dog can bring to any family or community of retired se- senior humans. Um, also includes the smartest dog in the world that knows more than 1,000 words and can retrieve objects by their name. Um, and that's, that's a, pretty good summary of what this whole documentary is it's it's this uh sort of this documentary and going on this sort of artistic quest to document relationships between aged dogs and their humans whether those humans are are lifelong partners or newly uh foster homes um yeah, it's it is a look into a world that not a lot of people uh, like to tackle because senior dogs. It's a, it is 
uh, a sensitive subject for some, you know, a lot of people don't necessarily like to put in the effort that a senior dog needs. Um, Fuck those people. Yeah, seriously. But, you know, there's always, as this documentary demonstrates, there's always really great people willing to step up and give these animals the love and attention that they deserve. Oh, I got a dog once who was seven. That's when I first got her. Yeah. She was a cattle dog. She was so much fun. We only had her about three years, but I get it. The adopting so much. I'm all for adopting, um, you know, mature and even aged dogs. They, they need love just as much as the puppies do. And honestly, sometimes they're far more capable of returning that love. Oh, you mean like, I feel like that was a direct attack on this one right here. This little one who's nothing but trouble. The one that was barking in the background as we were leading into the documentary. And is now biting my hand. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. A senior dog wouldn't do that. She'd just come up and lay her head on your lap. And go to sleep for 17 hours. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Hi. Oh, she hopped up on me. If you're looking for... If you're looking for just a quick hour of some really cute puppy faces and some heartwarming dog stories, uh, go check it out. It's on Tubi. Seniors, a documentary. Yes, check it out. Uh, it's fun. It's it's a good look. It was only like an hour and 10-ish minutes. It's super short, too. I feel like both your picks were fairly short this week, and I, I, I have to say, I kind of liked it. We, I know. Is this a dig at me? Well, no, I'm saying that, no, I just like short things sometimes. I know Laura's the same way. (laughs) Is this a dig at you? No, we just talked about it last week. (laughs) Are we talking about this okay thing to say? (laughs) What do you think I'm always attacking you? (laughs) Oh, man. I'm going to have a hot take. I did not like this. I was bored as fuck for the entire hour. I'm sorry. I like dogs. I like senior dogs. But this could have been a 10 minute Facebook video and I would have been fine with that. But like, I, I get why you guys liked it. Don't get me wrong, but I, it just was, it was not for me. Where and I get that you felt like it was a Facebook ad. Yeah. I mean, everybody they interviewed was like, where'd you hear about this one place that we're talking about this entire movie? Oh, Facebook, go to Facebook. All my friends follow him on Facebook. Like it was, it was a common theme throughout every interview. <laughs> Shadow, yeah. shadow funded by Zuckerberg. <laughs> <laughs> Mystic, that was uh, part of the story of this documentary was that this Facebook group kind of went viral. This group that was reaching out to rescue senior dogs. So yeah, Facebook does play a big part in it. And and it is kind of... Which I also understand. That, like, how else was this group really going to get big? Sure. You know? And and there is there is definitely a quality of those heartwarming Facebook videos where it's like, ooh, 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 look at my puppy and and stuff like that. And, (laughs) and uh, I'm not adverse to that from time to time, especially when it comes to, when it comes to puppies, but it was only an hour. So it's like, I can't really bitch that much. It wasn't that bad for me to like, really be like, this movie was terrible. No, go watch it. It's, it's got a bunch of cool dogs in it. Fair enough. Check it out. It's Seniors, a documentary currently streaming on Tubi. Tubi. Uh, why don't we go to Laura? Laura, you have had a very interesting documentary that you've been wanting to talk about on the show for a long time. 
So uh, why don't we jump into it? Laura, what do you have for us this week? Second, we started watching this. Uh, we couldn't finish it, number one. And then number two, I was like, I called dibs on this. Talking <laughs> about it all the So uh, here I am. So mine is the documentary called Lula Rich, streaming on Amazon Prime. Um, it's got a 100% rating on Rotten Tomatoes currently, which I hope um, says something. <laughs> But um, synopsis, the billion-dollar clothing empire Lula Rose stand accused of misleading thousands of women with their multi-level marketing platform. So it's um, a series, I want to say it's about five episodes of, four, sorry, (laughs) of uh, the kind of the the backstory of Lula Rose, how it got started. And they talk to the CEO and her husband, uh, which is a ride in and of itself. (laughs) <laughs> um, but then it's also got interviews with um, some of the the uh, consultants, including ones who um, got in early. So they were essentially at the top of the pyramid. Um, I don't use that word lightly. Uh, they they multi- were at the top of the reverse funnel system. <laughs> the reverse funnel system. <laughs> multi-level. So, yeah. And it's so it's uh, it's trying to pre- present, you know, many viewpoints in that. But what i like about it is despite that you you leave with kind of this consensus that everyone is batshit crazy and this company is horrible and multi-level marketing is the bane of society (laughs) (laughs) yes yes it's wild um like right off like on the first episode for example you got the the ceo talking about that she's got this she starts with this story of well i always knew i wanted to be an entrepreneur because (laughs) when i was a little girl one day my mother came home, she got like a bonus at work or something, and she came home with a bag of $5 bills. She asked for the raise and, or, you know, the cash out of the bank with, for this bonus check and $5 bills. And she had us all stand at the bottom of the stairs and she threw $5 bills down to my siblings and me. And right away you're like, I don't think that happened. <laughs> This is a weird story, and yeah. you're a weird person. Why? Why <laughs> so would just, this make you want to be an entrepreneur? Exactly. Like it doesn't make. It just sets the stage for, if I may, just just how conniving multi-level marketing companies can be. And so, in that regard, I think it's a very, um, kind of a cautionary tale. Um, but it also kind of presents this, this viewpoint that you know the people that are in it aren't bad people, right? They've just been kind of. I don't want to use the word brainwashed, but 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 brainwashed, <laughs> indoctrinated. Yeah, I mean, yeah. very yes, yeah. indoctrinated. Um, into... Some of them are are kind of bad people, but most of these people that they're interviewing are <laughs> exactly aren't very bad people. Well, and it's that's the thing, right? Is it seems like almost it seems like every one of these companies is is led is is based around a cult of personality around the owners or the founders or whatever. It's always these people who are really good at charming and conning their way to success. Yeah. And you can see it like they're interviewing these, these owners of Lula Row. I mean, how long after the company kind of almost imploded and they're still like against all odds, a little bit of you is like, they seem nice. Their plastic face. And then you listen to what they're saying and watch what's happening. And you're like, oh, they're actually shitty. But like, I can see how people would be taken in by that. Yeah. It's, it's remarkable watching this whole thing because you get glimpses of them in their, their interviews with, with lawyers or I I don't, is that like their depositions? Yeah. When they got sued. Yeah. 
Um, and yeah, at first it's like, I don't know if this lady's really that cunning. Maybe it's all her husband and, and she's just kind of dumb along for the ride. But as you continue to watch, it's like, Oh shit, she's, she's brutal. Like she's a fucked up person. There's, there's some fucked up people at the top. And this isn't a wild ride. There's a lot going on in this, this whole series. And I feel like you have to be a messed up person in order to start one of these companies. <laughs> and and they know, knew, like, right? Like she knew. I like how she, she tried to take credit for inventing the MLM somehow, <laughs> even though she did it like 10 years ago and the MLMs have been around for like 60 years. And, and leggings while we're at it. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Like and you literally patterns. picked a cheap, shitty product and applied it to a predatory business model. And you want to act like you're the second coming of Lee Iacocca or something. That brings up another thing, too, is there's so many people getting screwed out of this because not only do you have the consultants, but it also talks to uh, the there's also interviews with um, some of the people who worked in the design. Yeah, the design part of this where they were, you know, basically required to shell out. I don't know. It's something like 100 patterns per day to keep up with this crazy demand at at, its apex. Uh, So they were, you know, just basically overworked, underpaid and then they had to resort to, to stealing art. So you've got those original artists getting screwed by these people too. And it's just insane. Yeah. That one artist she was talking and she was like, um, it's, it was, it was like doing art with a gun to your head. Like you have to do this or, or you're fucked. Isn't that and, how like real art is made? <laughs> 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 the starving artist. Art is on leggings. <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, even some of the family was, uh, it, that's oh, just that so, a whole other, yeah. Like it goes so <laughs> deep, and then the religious side of this whole story as well. Like, there's a lot going on here. <laughs> I'm not joking about that. It did. It needed all four of these episodes, and it filled them out, and it was very entertaining throughout. You know, I was gonna make that comment. Maybe that story she told about having to fight with her siblings over five dollar bills because mom brought them home was sort of <clears throat> told from a behind. Uh, rose tinted glasses sort of perspective maybe she just had a really big mormon family and that's just like the survival of the fittest like you know <laughs> the smallest There's 11 of you yeah only mom comes six. mom comes home with like a bag of money and is like anybody that grabs some money can buy some food. yeah <laughs> there's just like this scraggly little kid off for your corner <laughs> who's just like slow, like slowly lays down and goes to sleep. So you're, what you're saying is this is a modern day Oliver Twist story. Yeah, but yeah. you know, she told the story really sparking pretty, so yeah. and she survived across. Yeah. <laughs> she ate that kid that fell asleep <laughs> in the corner. I didn't get many of those $5 bills, but that my little sister is real good. We're getting way off on this. Um Lula Rich was great. I I really really liked it. Lauren loved it too. We watched it together, and it was I don't know. It was it was pretty crazy. It is. It's a crazy story because of just how this product fucking exploded for a hot second and then just burned up. It There's is. Just it's it's crazy. So many so many stories about all of these companies. Like Laura, did you did you you heard about this on that um, that subreddit right? Anti MLM slash anti mlm which is one of my favorite subreddits of all time yeah it's a great sub (laughs) and it's uh it's just so emblematic like you know that this is very clearly not the only company doing this like 
I mean, we could probably name 10 of them off the top of our heads right now. And it's just, I feel like the people who need to learn the lesson from this documentary just won't. I feel like that's probably a common theme for some of our picks today, but yeah. Um, yeah, it's, I don't know. It's sad that these companies are allowed to operate through this loophole of not technically being a pyramid scheme because they have a product. Yeah. And MLMs are, are allowed. They're, they're legal, but they're, there are regulations that they they did cross the line on, so I'm glad that some of these people lawyered up and and there's some civil suits. That fucking dog shit state suit that got that, like they just kind of paid them off. That that was that was awful. Was kind a, of infuriating. Yeah, yeah, a really small amount of money compared to what they they made over a very short amount of time. Yeah. Well, check it out. It's Lula Rich. Four episodes currently streaming on Amazon Prime. Keith, what's your first pick? My first pick is going to be another docu-series. This one is on Netflix. This is another wild ride. There's they just kind of, this is a, a crazy story of a, a bank heist that happened here in the United States. It's called Evil Genius, the true story of America's most diabolical bank heist. And it is um a really interesting wild ride again. Like I said, it it it's from a story that happened in 2003, August 2003. There was an attempted bank robbery in Erie, Pennsylvania. Um, it it went viral when things did, weren't going viral. Like it was it was all over the news, all over the world. This this weird case of this attempted robbery from a pizza delivery guy that was wearing a bomb collar as he was uh, attempting to rob this bank. And I mean. It it just keeps going deeper and deeper from there. You get to meet these these really wacky people, uh, Marjorie Deal and uh, the likes of of her friends and and boyfriends and everything she's done. And the story just keeps getting crazier and crazier as you go through the episodes. It it starts out as just this really weird bank heist that keeps there's this trail of bodies following this woman that is really really weird and her story is is really wild and and some of the coolest part about this i think is the the guy who did it um developed a a long relationship with this woman and talked with her for a long time was almost like friends with her while studying her and that was really interesting to to watch yeah this was i this was a wild ride i don't know how else to describe it there are so many twists and turns in this true crime story um and it's just Oh man, I don't know. The only I, yeah, go ahead. So I I just wanted to like jump in real quick and say we need to definitely emphasize trigger warning for this one. Like oh yeah, first episode too. Like, and and at the end of the last one, they showed mm-hmm. it again. I was yeah. like, dang, you guys are just gonna fucking like that. Just show the whole gruesome thing. And very unexpected to see. Yeah, that yeah, I was just very like, surprised. <laughs> Um, so yeah, if you're, if you're sensitive to, uh, to death and, and blood, be, be very aware going into this. Cause it is, it, it shows a death. It's a little gnarly. That's for sure. Yeah. Laura and I watched this last year, I think during pandemic. I don't know. It wasn't very, it was not long ago. We watched this and Laura, what did you think of it? It was insane in in a good way. It was one of those things that you just can't stop watching. Um, Kind of out of like your own sense of morbid curiosity, right? <clears throat> this like Batman esque 
uh, villainous plot. I, I see. It it does feel like something pulled out of a uh, the pages like, of a comic book. Yeah, it's the Riddler and Two Face like teaming up to do a yeah. bank It was like weird, wacky shit happening in real life. It was, and all the people involved in all the different ways. It I don't know. This and, this one is it needs needed the four episodes as well. There's just so much to unpack in this entire story. I understand the the uh, what was. What was that movie? Thirty minutes or less? Yeah, with I uh, Aziz Ansari and Jesse Eisenberg. Yeah, yeah. Um, I get the controversy around that movie uh, a little bit more. I remember when the movie dropped, hearing some some rumbles about like, "Are you, you guys being serious? You made this movie kind of you kind of like dramatize." Yeah, you dramatized and comedified this like genuinely terrible story like a horrifying thing yeah yes it, it like it's the the actual story is this combination of like like i said a plot ripped from a super villains comic book and like fucking saw it's it's yeah. really nuts and they're like okay let's turn this into a comedy and it's like really you guys <laughs> really yeah that was uh that was a little much <laughs> <laughs> but yeah that's the actual story is is that crazy, and I I it's definitely recommend you go watch this. It's called Evil Genius. It's on Netflix, and it it's fun. It, it's not really that fun, but it it's something you can't look away from. <laughs> Very true. Check it out. Uh, who's next, David? You're next. Let's talk about your next pick. What's what's your tone? Why why was that? <laughs> Oh, you start, and then I'll tell you why I hated it. He's still, he's still like on the offense. At all but he's right this time. I'm going to attack I, I the shit out of this. Oh, all right. So I I reached back into my memory and pulled out uh, a documentary. I think I caught this on like the Travel Channel or some shit years ago. Uh, it's definitely been floating around, and and it it's definitely got its level of kitschiness to it uh, uh, in before spencer starts his rant he's going to ease us into it <laughs> <laughs> um this one is on prime and it's called hh H. holmes america's first serial killer um let's see if we can find a good synopsis here on rotten tomatoes cuz i was reading a couple and there's not a, some great ones this one's okay do it yourself do it live uh well fine it, this is this is gonna be a documentary about the uh doctor doctor Herman Munchie they were all doctors back then you can just call yourself doctor or colonel or whatever the fuck um <laughs> <laughs> feels like you had a whole different axe to grind all right uh, <laughs> um it, uh. Herman Munster, Mu- not Munster. <laughs> Herman <laughs> Munster, Mudget. Herman Mudget. Come on, <laughs> good God! How high are you? No way that was. I'm just was... regular high right now. Oh man, <laughs> that had to have been intentional. Herman Webster Mudget, as he was, as he was born, or H. H. Holmes, as he liked to go by, was an American serial killer uh, in the late 1800s. Um, who in this time of, uh, it was during the, uh, Chicago world's fair. Uh, so just this huge influx to the, to the city of Chicago, he was able to scam and steal and construct a giant torture castle in, uh, the Inglewood 
area of Chicago. I'm not terribly familiar with the geography, so wherever that happens to be. Um, and he was uh, an exceptionally prolific serial killer, uh, killing uh, many people and selling their bodies to uh, doctors and people who were researching anatomy and stuff like that at the time. Uh, similar to, uh, damn it, who are those uh, English grave robbers that were? Brick and Hare. That's the one. Uh, anyway, yeah, dude's got a, he constructed this castle full of secret passageways and, and traps to, uh, to trap his, and kill his victims. And like I said, the documentary is pretty kitschy. It's, uh, it's definitely got a level of quirk to it throughout, but, uh, it's narrated by, um, damn it, what's his name? Here, I just had it. Tony J. And that dude's got a fucking voice. Um pretty iconic he's he's been in i can't even what other so much shit. oh man laura pointed one out laura so i was like this is frollo isn't it <laughs> and then i had immediately jump on imdb and yes he's frollo in the disney version of the hunchback of notre dame and yep, i was lauren like, said the same thing he's, she's like he's in the hunchback <laughs> favorite disney villain by the way and i think that's like more than half because of the the voice actor so and, yeah, you got you got his pretty iconic voice to to guide you through the kind of corniness of this documentary on the line. Kind of, kind <laughs> of, kind of corny, <laughs> kind of corny. They this, used this a documentary. Lot of this, who, this the guy who made this, John Borowski, I think, uh, took a a very interesting story and butchered it. To the point where I fell asleep multiple times watching it. This man constructed a murder castle with yeah. with many torture rooms, secret passageways, and all of this. And he spent about five minutes of this hour-long documentary talking about it. And instead spent more time on him going back and forth across the Midwest trying to evade capture than he did on the reason why. It's true. and But... I what I'm gonna have to say about documentaries on HH Holmes, this is the best one. There are a couple of others. There's not this isn't like a deep well to to pick from, but out of the documentaries on this particular character, this one does the best job of telling that story. The other ones are way fucking worse. Honestly. There was like there was like a five minute stretch of a woman dressed in Victorian night clothing, wandering around darkened hallways with yeah. a candle. And that was it. Yeah. They, oh, the dramatizations were fucking I like how ridiculous. all the, like at one point we're just watching and then it just like all of a sudden the screen just flashes the word murder with an exclamation point. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, if you, I enjoyed the kits to it, honestly. I thought it was, was entertaining. And uh, it was too much, is, man. It was too much. It is a documentary about an exceptionally prolific serial killer, but we're so far removed from it in time that we can, I think we can all sit down and have a laugh about it. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, it was a very just, funny, not comedy uh, documentary. It's but. true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. It was, it was an hour long and felt like three. That's how <laughs> I felt about the documentary. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Apparently, I've just got controversial picks this week. <laughs> Your docs are the hot takes. All right. Well, check it out. It's H.H. H. Holmes, America's first serial killer, currently streaming on Amazon Prime.
All right, let's move on. Uh, my pick this week, uh, since I'm splitting my picks with Laura, I've only got the one. Uh, I want to talk about the new HBO Max exclusive documentary, Four Hours at the Capitol. Uh, it just came out like a little over a week ago, I think. And it's an hour and a half long and focuses on the day of the January 6th insurrection at the Capitol. Um, it's told from the perspective of some of the police officers who were there and went through it, as well as some of the insurrectionists who participated. And I felt like it did a really good job of, of letting them tell their stories just long enough for them to, to hang themselves by their own words. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it's an infuriating documentary. It does a really good job going from, from when it started all the way through to the aftermath, uh, putting together a pretty non-biased look at exactly what happened and where and, 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 you know, the experiences of the people on the ground. Like I said, it's an infuriating watch. I kind of hated every minute of it, but I think it's important for people to see. I absolutely agree with that statement. I, I mean, the, I don't know the last time I cried this much at a movie, it, it, like for a film. This was, I, I was like upset watching this shit. It was upsetting and powerful. And I'm not saying that that's, that should keep you away from it. Absolutely watch this film. I, I think everybody should watch this film and get a real perspective of what was happening on the ground of the Capitol that day because it it's nuts. It's It sucks. It sucks to watch this. You know, watching um, <clears throat> what's the what's the name of the officer that testified in front of Congress the 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 first one that they had speaking in in four hours. What was his name? Is that is that Michael Fanone? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Italian okay. one. Yeah, watching him just go say exactly what he wanted to say, what he couldn't say in front of Congress. You know, watching him use the language and the passion that he definitely wanted to be using in that situation was uh, honestly a bit cathartic. I want to see this uh, police officer, this Capitol police officer, this highly respected individual among that uh, demographic of, of people just tear them to fucking pieces for being the ignorant fucking dipshits that they are. Um, yeah, him especially, but I feel like most of the the police officers' uh, recounts of this were were moving oh, yeah. and powerful. Like he none just of them had were favorable. A, a much different experience being dragged out into the mob. Yeah. So like his was that much more powerful. But yeah, every one of them had a very heartbreaking tale. Um, so know, it was you know, it was crazy. Watching it, it, and it's a weird juxtaposition, I think, between the 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 passion and the the anger that these police officers who were on the ground during that day have about the situation, and then you go and they interviewed some of the politicians that were there, and and I feel like that was the weakest part of the because politicians are fucking politicians, whether they've been through a, a trauma or not, they're fake as fuck, and they're always going to come across fake as fuck, unfortunately. They, I mean, they, whether it's Chuck Schumer or that fucking dickhead broke back cosplayer, Cooey Griffin, they're plastic <laughs> and they're, and they're fake and they're, and I, I want to take this moment to, uh, give you a very special fuck you, Cooey Griffin, you fucking <laughs> horse fucking garbage, you Hello. piece of fucking shit. Every time they plastered that 
fucking dipshit's face on the screen. I screamed at it. That piece of lying shit infuriates the fucking shit out of me. I cannot express how deeply deeply he infuriates me. Sorry. Every time every time you pronounce it cooey, I just get real happy. Me cooey. too. I giggle cooey. every time. Cooey. Cooey. Cooey Griffin. Uh, uh, a lot of anyway. these, th- those people were, were difficult. This whole thing was difficult to watch, but it was also, it, it just, you couldn't not watch it. You, you know, and to finish it. You're talking about the the insurrectionists who made it into the building. I sat through them. I I listened to them without the the emotional reaction that I had to that fucking asshole. You know, he just like they put his at his fucking shitty face on screen and bullshit starts spewing out of his fucking face hole, and it pisses me off. Tell us how buddy. you really feel. I I really really feel that if I were to express how I really feel, it would be a federal crime. (laughs) Fair fair enough. Maybe don't. Buddy Carter was awful to listen to. Even Chuck Schumer was awful to listen to. Like there were some some people that they really just they were still just politicians, like getting some camera time for this. It was really Uh weird. But some of the politicians told some actual fucking stories about that day and it was also very powerful that uh the one the congressman from arizona i can't remember his name uh he's been in a few documentaries about this and he does not hold back and i loved it every second of it he's the ex-marine is yeah 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 yeah, okay when he said he was like i was ready to stab somebody in the eye then the throat then take their weapon and take this house back i was like holy fuck this dude was not joking yeah yeah, it's quite a watch. Definitely check it out. It's it's good. Uh, that is four hours at the Capitol. It's currently on HBO Max. Uh, let's move on to Keith. I think that's the last one. We're almost there. That's me. I'm bring uh, it home. I'm, I'm the last one. Oh shit! I just closed it out. Um, my last pick is another. It's on. It's on Netflix as well. And this one is a nice fun one compared to that last one nice little palate cleanser to to end off our picks it is called iron fists and kung fu kicks and it is all about the kung fu genre of film and god i love kung fu movies this goes throughout a a lot of its history it goes through the the shaw brothers and um bruce lee and all the jackie chan stuff and how it's influenced film today. I really like most of the takes throughout this entire flick. Uh, some of them were a little, I don't know, that they could have pushed a little harder on on how uh, rich white people really took over, especially after Bruce Lee's death. And it, they talked about some of it, but I don't think they talked, they, they, they didn't really rub it in good enough. It was, it was kind of an uncritical lens, yeah. Yeah. Um, which I mean, okay, like if you're trying to not take sides on it, but I feel like that's one you kind of got to take sides on because they were really. It I, was, mean, well, I mean, it's tale as old as time, right? Rich white yeah. people coming in and taking your stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of it. And you know, at first they're pushing these guys away, like Bruce Lee, because they weren't going to make him enough money. And then the guy dies, and they start Bruce exploitation to make more money off of him. It's fucked up. Like that was fucked up. And they, like I said, they do cover some of it, but it, it's done with some like happy music in the background. And it's a little weird. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's overall, uh, I really enjoyed yeah. this movie. 
it was a really cool look at at the entire history of a of a somewhat overlooked genre. I mean, it has so many so many influences that you can see in in today's movie, like that, um, like Kill Bill, right? Yeah. Like you know, there was that whole we were watching when we were watching it. They were, I can't remember which movie it was that they were showing. Um, that had the music the boss, and that had the music like the wee woo, you know. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, ah, that guy Tarantino used that in Kill Bill. Um, yeah, I don't know. It was just fun. It was a, a really cool look at, at this entire genre. Like I said, that's often pretty overlooked by mainstream art audiences. I really loved how they brought in uh, black exploitation and hip hop artists, and how it in, it influenced the uh, inner cities and and the black culture in yeah. the United States as well. I thought that was fucking cool that they brought that in, and it wasn't just kung fu movies but it was um a cultural look at it as well right, like you don't have, you don't have wu-tang clan without kung fu from kung fu yeah, movies exactly um so they looked at the hong kong side of it and the the u.s side of it and and the korean side of it like i thought it was a very broad very good look at at this smaller genre that there's a ton of gems in yeah definitely um yeah very cool Anybody, anybody have anything else to say about Kung Fu movies? Watch them. Watch them. <laughs> hey, that's mine. That's mine. <laughs> just stealing catchphrases. Oh, I man. All right. Well, check it out. To get sued. <laughs> it's Iron Fist and Kung Expect Fu to be hearing from my lawyers. <laughs> what is it? Like an hour and 45 minutes currently on Netflix. I think that's it. We did it, guys. We did documentary week. We made it. it through we made another it one. through another one. Thank you, David. Um, Thank so you, that's Laura. it. Thanks again, Laura, uh, for, for coming on and, and giving us your documentary pick this week. We really appreciate it. It's always fun having you here. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Great pick too. really like that watch. <laughs> it was good. Yeah. That was definitely an amazing pick. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget to check us out on Facebook, Twitter, join our discord server. We want to hear about your favorite documentaries. Uh, where else? Our website, threeguysoneup.com. You can find a link there to our Patreon. You can give us $5 a month. And we'll keep talking about documentaries and movies in general. And with that, we'll see you all next week. Thank you and good night. Mm-hmm.